I'm Nana and welcome to episode 149 of Blurs Are Us. Now today I'm by myself, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to be truly by myself. Um, I have invited Stephen Farshid onto the show and we're going to talk about everything today. So Stephen, say hello to those people. What's up, Nana? What's going on? I appreciate you having me on, man. Yes, I'm yes, excited. Yes. I, I'm excited as well because I haven't, re- I haven't fully spoken to you since C2E2. Um, and it was obviously, you know, it was crazy meeting everyone for the first time, but like me and you, um, like I, I was, I didn't know like really who you were. Like you were, um, someone that hadn't really interacted with much on the leftover army page. Um, but you know, we, we linked up and we literally had a good time. Um, I think in terms of like me and you are quite similar when we're out socially. So like for me, sometimes when I'm out and about, I don't always like to be the the life and solar party. Something I like to just find a nice corner spot and sit and chill and watch everyone else have fun. And it felt like majority of the time I was sitting and chilling with you, watching everyone else have fun. So it was pretty yeah. Cool. I love people watching too, man. Mm. I, especially like like when you're in a new group. I know that you said that you obviously you're more interactive in the leftover army group yeah. than I have been, um, but it's also the first time you meeting. I think all of these people, right? Yeah, no, it was. Yeah. So, and for me, you know, the main reason I was there was because that's kind of my business, uh, the comic book uh, convention and uh, vintage comics, trading and buying. And uh, I was going to go anyway. And then I happened to just be listening to Leftover Army. And I was like, well, I might as well link up with some people while I was there. And I kind of, I just wanted to, to to observe and let everybody have their time <laughs> together. Because I know a lot of these people are pretty close. Yeah. Like you're one of them. You're very close with them too. Yeah. Um, even though you hadn't really met yet officially in person. Mm. So there's a lot of catching up, a lot of things that, that they want to talk about. And I didn't really want to interject myself. I kind of just sat back and observed. And, yeah. you know, every year that, that I go, hopefully, you know, I get more integrated with everybody and, and, and really get to know everybody. Mm, but I definitely did enjoy chilling with you. So um, obviously, like, introduce yourself a little bit. You said that you're into um, going to cons and collecting comic books. Yeah, so um, I started collecting, you know, when I was younger with my dad in the early 90s. Um, he liked to, uh, I don't know, I'm familiar obviously with the comic industry right around like 91, 92, Death of Superman and all that. And and it was a big, you know, ordeal that Superman died and everybody rushed out to the stores and uh, everybody was trying to jump on the bandwagon. Obviously, it didn't, it wasn't lasting forever because they brought him back and people were trying to flip comic books and everything but but everybody was attracted to those foil covers and the the image and the valiant books that were coming out during those times my dad loved that stuff and we would buy multiple copies of that but what i would also do what i loved more was the silver age stuff mm-hmm. particularly spider-man so i would always go to the back issue bins and find you know early amazing spider-man books from the 60s and you know spend five or ten dollars on on you know lower grade copies of those books and i just fell in love with ditko art and uh, ramita senior art and kirby art and i just fell in love with it and it was more of a hobby for me most of my life Mm -hmm. and then about a couple of years ago i got real serious and started doing some buying and selling and trading and decided to do it a little bit of that on the side. So that's kind of what I've been doing lately, especially now with, with everything uh, that's happening in the world. And my side business has you know, become my, my only source of income at this point, so. Yeah, that's crazy. So um, 
what is your favorite like comic book story? So um, the first story that I ever really, really uh, fell in love with and was like on the edge of my seat was uh, the death of Gwen Stacy. It was Amazing Spider-Man number 121 and 122. It was a storyline. I don't hopefully I'm not spoiling it, but uh, in one in issue 121, uh, Green Goblin throws Gwen Stacy off a bridge. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he 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 catches her, but he catches her too late and she had already passed away. And then in 122 is the first time you really see Spider-Man just vengeance. Mm. And he set out to kill the goblin. That was that's what he's going to do for revenge. And you really hadn't seen that before from Spider-Man. And uh, for me, I wasn't reading it when it came out. I just happened to grab an issue of 121, and I couldn't find a 122 that I could afford at the time. So it took me months before I could find out what happened in the story. And we're talking about before the internet days, obviously. So I I couldn't find out what happened. I didn't know. So finally, I got a copy of 122 that I could afford and read. And oh, man, the suspense. It was – I can only equate it to – um, best, best of both worlds, part one and two, Star Trek Next Generation. Okay. Um, you know, where the cliffhanger ends, where Riker says fire on the board cube, where Lacutus was, and then you have to wait all the way till the next season to find out what happens. Mm. That's the only level of, of, um, you know, suspense that I can compare it to the way I was feeling. So that's definitely my first, like, real love story. Yeah. Uh, between, uh, for comic books. That's the one. That's pretty cool. I think for me, uh, my favorite story would have to be No Man's Land. Um, it's a Batman story where um, I can't remember fully remember exactly what happens, but um, something happens and they basically say that you know they want to shut down Gotham and they like basically like block all the bridges entering Gotham City, and yep. um, Gotham is just like in its own um, post-apocalyptic world. And um, for the first, like, little bit of the story, Batman, like, Batman isn't there. They don't know where Batman is. And um, uh, it, it, for me, it's just really entertaining. You get, like, a, a much more grittier Batman. You get um, a female uh, Robin who's, like, you know, she's grown up as, like, an assassin's daughter. But, like, she's, like, quite feral. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so that, for me, is a story that sticks to my mind. Um, and it's also funny, just, like, when you're growing up here... You feel like these stories are for you in it. Like you didn't, you don't realize. Like let's say the death of Superman story is a story that came out like so long ago. Um, so yeah, no. Um, so obviously being like a, a comic book connoisseur, who's like your favorite artist? For me, it has to be Ditko. It's just because I just love that. I'm always a huge fan of, of comic book covers that are simplistic, and. It, you know, obviously Ditko had a lot of talent, but you look at his work, you know, versus some of the people that even Romita Sr. that came right after him on the Spider-Man run. There's a lot of straight lines, a lot of simplistic, uh, stylistic kind of drawing, but I love it. Mm. I just, I love, and I love Ditko's stuff at DC. I love Ditko's independent stuff. I mean, uh, nobody could draw Spider-Man like Ditko can. I, I'm sorry. It, it, it might be, you know, obviously Todd McFarlane came and, and revamped him and, and made him do all kinds of weird acrobatic shit where he put his legs behind his head and all that. But but for me, Ditko and Spider-Man, there's, there, you can't beat that. That's, that's my favorite. Okay, okay, okay. So obviously, like, 
me and you, we were at, we're at C2E2 together, C2E2 together and uh, we bought a couple of exclusive uh, comic books from, from that event. Um, uh-huh. What has been like your biggest flip? So what comic book have you like bought low and sold for the highest amount? So let's talk about that uh, John Taylor Christian Christoph, I forget his name. I, I'm not very good at modern stuff, but uh, man, honestly, if I would have known what I knew now with that <laughs> book, I mean, I would have been, I would have just been, that's all I would have, I would have spent one day just going in and out of that line mm. because I sold a lot. I mean, I ended up with quite a few copies and I sold a lot of them in the 80 to $100 range, nice. but now they're going for 160 easy. Oh wow! And you know we paid uh, what was it twenty seven dollars with tax, right? Yeah, something like In that. U.S. Yeah, I mean, and I, I mean, psh, man, and people are. I mean, it, it, it's a great cover. I mm-hmm. mean, it's really beautiful. And the more and more I look at it, I guess I should have known because Wolverine is just a popular character. Yeah, Ev- everybody loves that old style uniform, you know, from his first appearance, you mm-hmm. know, kind of. And um, I don't know. I should have put two and two together, but people are, are just gaga over that book. And uh, I'm really happy that you got me an extra one because I actually only have two left in my wall. And I, I guess I'm not going to sell them because mm-hmm. I, I just like it too much. Um, but my biggest flip was I bought a um, Marvel Special Edition 15, which is the first appearance of Shang-Chi. Mm-hmm. And I knew that the movie was coming out. It wasn't like a secret, but a lot of like common knowledge of the public probably still doesn't know much about a Shang-Chi movie. Because, you know, until you get like a first preview, you know, the, 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 the public don't doesn't really know about that project. Yeah. But if you listen to lots of podcasts and stuff like I do and read a bunch of stuff, yeah. the minute they sign an actor or they get a director, you, you know, you already know that it's a real project. Mm-hmm. And I got one uh, raw, which means uh, – not graded or or slabbed, what we call it when they encase it in that plastic casing. Yeah, you, you, you call that slabbed. So I found a raw one, which is not in a slab. Yeah, and I paid 125 for it, and I thought it was in really nice shape. Mm-hmm. And I sent it off to get graded, and it came back a nine eight white pages, which is pretty much the top grade. I mean, okay. there is a nine, there is nine nine and 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 ten O's, but yeah. they don't they don't really exist, especially books from the 70s mm-hmm. so um it came back in nine eight white pages which is pretty much the highest grade you can get and i ended up selling it to a guy who works on the marvel movies mm-hmm. in the mcu for fifty five hundred dollars oh what the fuck <laughs> yeah Damn. yeah Yo. so that, that was a good flip Jeez. <laughs> yeah Wait, that was a good one that's mine $158 well, I, yeah. to $55,000. No, that's yeah. crazy. And I didn't want to sell it. I really didn't. But, you know, I put it up there on eBay mm. and it the, the guy just bought it. And I was like, well, that's kind of peculiar because you could probably get a better price on that book if you shopped around. Why would yeah. the guy just buy it? And I started looking into who it was. And then I realized he's just a guy that works on the MC movies and was a huge fan of the Shang-Chi project. Okay. So he just he just saw it and he wanted it. That's crazy! So, oh my days, yo! Yeah. If, oh man, I listen. Obviously, <laughs> so I I am not a big comic book collector. Um, obviously, like I said, I bought a couple of comic books from C two E two, um, purely just to like kind of give me something to remember the moment. Um, a lot of them, they're all pretty much still in their covers. I haven't even read um any of them. Like they're still in in my in my laptop bag, um, nice and safe. Um, 
But yeah, if if someone told me they were one of my comic books for fifty five thousand, <laughs> yeah, I'm selling that quick. I, listen, I'm, I'll tell you know I'll drive to the place to give it to you. Yeah. <laughs> you know that that Wolverine variant that you have. I yeah. mean, you could probably sell it in the UK for at least two hundred US. I don't know how many euros that is, but at least mm. because people in the UK want it, and obviously you have to pay. The thirty forty dollars to ship it from the US yeah. to get there, nah. so I, I'm easily could sell that book. Yeah, I, I'm actually gonna keep that one because obviously it's the only one I've got, and like I said, it's gonna like hold sentimental value in the future. Um, hopefully, once I get my own place, like I'll have somewhere where I can like you know maybe not maybe not frame it, but I have it somewhere I can display it. Um, mm-hmm. Like one day, I do want to get back into um, comic books a little bit. Like I do want to own a copy of No Man's Land since like that's one of my um, favorite stories. Um, I also want to own a copy of um, The Death of Superman because that's another uh, comic book story yeah. that I've actually like read growing up. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a couple of one or two other like different ones. Um, and again, like I said, what if you know every shakes out, I get my own place. Like I am very much into anime and manga, so mm-hmm. I think man buying um whole collections of manga is a lot easier than buying whole collections of comic books. So a couple of comic um a couple of animes that are like my favorites, uh, I might get the mangas and just have that in you know in my in my bookshelf. Um, yeah, that's cool. It all, just, it all just depends on space and time because there's no point in like purchasing certain things if you're never ever gonna read it. Um, that's true. Even though it would be nice just to look, make my house look pretty and um, mm-hmm. a, a little bit nerdy. Um, well, go on, man. Do you want one that's in the original black bag? Like, I don't. Do you remember when they came out? Um, no, no idea. I read this in, I read it in the library. So a lot, uh, of, a lot of my comic book reading was done in the library. So I never actually owned any comic books. So, mm-hmm. um, there was like a graphic, a graphics, not a graphic novels section. And, um, mm-hmm. literally I went in there and I fell down a rabbit hole. And that was like my first introduction to like actually reading comic books. Like, obviously I'd seen a lot of the superhero uh cartoon shows but like i didn't know that a lot of them were like especially at that young of an age i didn't know that all these tv shows and cartoons were based off comic books so you right. know going down that rabbit hole and reading them was quite entertaining and um like i said now as an adult like where i'm proper into the pop culture and all that nerdy stuff like i have a, a great a great appreciation for comic books and mm-hmm. um you know like i said it like i don't want to have to uh, a massive onslaught quote books but just a couple that you know remind sure. me back of what, what i originally read and what i grew up on so however well, I you know no man's land is actually 14 issues oh is it yeah spread out i think over four batman titles okay yeah so if you wanted to get the whole collection that wasn't in like the hardbound or the omnibus version of mm-hmm. it or the graphic novel version of it yeah and you got you'd have to get fourteen different comic books. You'd have to get fourteen different comic. See, I got mm-hmm. like I said from from memory, it was just one big ass like sure. graphic novel um, booklet thing um, yeah. with a hard hardback. And from what I could remember, it told a, a, a complete story. So again, yeah, it's definitely something that I'll have to do some re. And obviously, now that I I, I know someone like you is like a bit more of an expert, I can always message you and say, okay, look, I'm ready to like get the no man's. Uh, story arc in comic book format um how would i go about it like what's the order because i think that's one thing that's for people who aren't you know fully into comic books like that like i've i've heard that if you wanted to read the um whole infinity war story in comic books you have to read like 
so many different comics. Like it's not all in one place. Like That's you right. have to maybe like read, I don't know, like Wolverine issues six to seven and then Avengers. 20. Jump over to, to Thanos' yeah. solo title. And then, yeah, I mean, there's actually a website uh, online and it's called uh, something something to the effect of Reading Order. Mm-hmm. Just type in Reading Order Comics and okay. it's a whole website dedicated to which book you have to read next for, for anything. Okay, yeah, that's pretty quick. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. Because like I said, like when you're not someone that's in it and you're just, let's say like, let's say for example, you only read Blade comics and mm-hmm. in the story that they've got on Blade, you know, you might have to jump over to Spider-Man. Well, if you're someone that's not collected Spider-Man, you don't really want to pay for that one Spider-Man issue. You're yep. never truly going to get that whole story. And that's mm-hmm. a bit of a shame where, you know, when you're watching something on TV, you know, you're getting episodes. I think obviously with the whole Flashpoints, not Flashpoints, the stuff in the Arrowverse, where, you know, they having that the um, connected universe, you have to watch different shows. But for the most part, you know, like, you're going to find the TV show. You're not going to have to, you know, go to a, another channel, so to speak. Like, they're all going to be on the same channel, just on different days. So it's a lot Yeah, easier. and that's the debate that they're having right now, though. Mm. If you think about it, that's the debate that they're having with, with, with these MCU stuff. Like, okay, I'm a moviegoer, and I love to go to the movies and watch these big movies on, on, on the big screen. Yeah. But now I'm going to have to buy Disney+. Plus. And watch WandaVision and Moon Knight and everything because I, I'm going to be missing some of the story. Yeah. Because Kevin Feige has come out and said those properties are going to be directly connected to the movies. Mm. And but according to, to to Feige, the first real one is is you're not going to even know what's happening in Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness if you don't watch WandaVision. Yeah, it's a direct connection. That's so a, it's a risky move. Mm, it really is. See, that's going to be quite annoying because like for me right now, I don't have Disney Plus and I don't see myself getting it anytime soon. Um, and also as well, I, I'm now that I understand I've grown up, like I'm not a fan of watching things illegally. Like I prefer to watch it on what the platform I'm meant to be watching it on. But mm-hmm. I've got Netflix, I've got Amazon Prime and I've recently just subscribed to Funimation. So that's like, I don't know, maybe like 15, 20 pounds a month just on on um, streaming services. Like I can't justify getting another one right now. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, you talk about cutting cutting the cord, and you cut the cord, yeah. and you save yourself one hundred fifty dollars a month. And next thing you know, you turn around, you're spending one hundred and eighty on streaming services. Exactly. So, um, like even so, over, over here, like for like your normal TV, you have to have a TV license on top of like your um, Sky subscription or your Virgin subscription. And even that, I'm considering like getting rid of it because I generally don't watch terrestrial TV. I'm either streaming on Netflix, streaming off animation or I'm watching stuff on YouTube. Like there's very rare now I would, you know, jump on BBC one and watch a show on there. So, um, yeah. The only thing for me is live sports. That's the only thing that I'm missing out on is live sports. See, again, for me, I don't, because of the live sports I watch is American football, which we'll talk about in a bit is I don't think it, it, it affects my TV, the TV license that I have to pay because it's, it's American TV. So, as far as oh, I'm okay. aware, it won't it won't affect that. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm really looking at potentially cutting the cord on that really soon and just going pretty much just streaming only, um, and then going from there. And then if I do do that, um, 
hopefully then I'll have extra money to then maybe potentially pick up Disney Plus uh, because there is so much on Disney that I haven't seen or I don't recall seeing and um, it would just be nice to watch them and be like oh yeah I remember this or okay no I'm watching this for the very first time and then I'm a big fan of the Marvel stuff so I would like to you know get to see WandaVision and and all them stuff there but you know we'll, we'll see in it like there's always ways around things if you if you, you have to go down that route but i just would rather not go down that route and do things legit yeah i mean I, like you said i mean it, for me it's not like a, a fear of, of doing something immoral mm. or it's it's two things for me it's first of all convenience yeah you know when you're looking for those those torrents and it's just like low quality stuff yeah. and it's it's such a fight to find one that's working mm. and like by the time you, you realize you're 45 minutes later you still haven't started the show mm. you know for me at least i'm not very good at it so I, I tried and it just doesn't work out for me and two i mean I'm not, I'm not, these people, they make a good living, but I like to, to support the artists yeah, yeah, that, that, that are the effort to putting into this. I mean, uh, I, I just think about myself. What if I put time and effort into something and then it was just out there for free? And then mm. like, well, I mean, I, I would like to get paid for, for, <laughs> yeah. for my, my artistic ability. Here, yeah, you know? no, definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, so, you know, obviously that's one side of thing. Uh, what, sorry, one side of you. Uh, you actually like lived in Vegas for a number of years. Let's let me let me hear about that. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I made a decision to go out there and finish my master's degree at UNLV, and uh, because a, a buddy that I met at college at Florida State um, was from Vegas, and after college he moved back there, and mm-hmm. he said, "Hey, man, come out here. I just bought a house. You don't even have to pay me rent. Just." split the utility bills and I was in Tampa, Florida and I was like, yeah, I don't know. Vegas sounds much more interesting than Tampa, <laughs> yeah. Florida. So I, I went out there and finished my master's degree and I ended up while I was in school getting a uh, quote unquote part-time job dealing poker. Mm-hmm. And uh, back then was the boom. I mean, uh, um, you know, the movie rounders had just come out a couple years before and uh, um, Chris Moneymaker and Greg Raymer were winning multi-million dollars of the World Series of Poker and it was televised and and it just poker just blew up. And when I graduated with my master's degree, I I was starting to look at jobs in in the public sector, which is you know what I was studying. And the jobs were paying like forty, fifty thousand dollars a year. Mm. Well, in the height of the the popularity of all two thousand and four, two thousand and five, I was making one hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year tax free. Oh my gosh! Yeah, Jeez. I mean, so it was hard for me to walk away from that. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Your money yeah. got cut in half, if not less, if you if you went yeah. to go a normal job. And in hindsight, I should have done it because I could have got the experience that I needed, you know, and started a career. Yeah. You know, because, you know, when you're making that money and you're walking out of the, at the casino with five, six hundred dollars in your pocket cash every night, mm. you're just thinking that that's, this is forever. Yeah. And you don't you don't think about I mean, I mean, they automatically enrolled you in a hundred percent match 401k. Yeah. And I told them right away, no, 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 cancel that. You know, I don't need that. I'm only going to be here temporarily. I don't need that. Well, (laughs) 10 years later, (laughs) I'm still in Vegas and I'm still in the poker industry Mm. and uh, making poor decision after poor decision. (laughs) But I had a good time. I'll tell you that much. I had a good time. I traveled the world, you know, because when you're dealing poker, 
you don't there's no such thing as vacation you just tell the manager that you're going to go away yeah. and what happens is the next person on the extra board list is called the extra board just people that are waiting to get it yeah. um just to take your shift yeah and when you've been in you know there for a long time and you know i, I had number one seniority because i had been there f- from when the room opened mm. and i had the best shift yeah. So it's easy for me to give that shift away. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, do you want to make five hundred dollars tonight? Go ahead, go in for. I'm going to take the <laughs> night off. Yeah. So I was easy to take three weeks off at a time mm. and just you know fly to Japan and Jeez. and I, yeah, it was awesome. And I had, a, I had a, I was in Japan and I was in Italy and Germany and Costa Rica and I just I just I, I lived it up, man. I did. I, I there's a lot of regrets because you know, <laughs> <laughs> I left Vegas years later with with about fifteen hundred dollars left in my pocket to my name, oh, my. but. But the memories, man, and, 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 you know, the experiences that I got living in Vegas, I had a really good time. And, you know, I, I have a skill, I guess, uh, <laughs> now. I, I can deal poker and, yeah. and run a poker room. And, you know, it's becoming more and more relevant now since, you know, the the laws over here have, have started to change mm. where they're starting to decriminalize uh, um, things like sports betting. And, yeah. So you can see the future coming in the next five to ten years where there's going to be casinos everywhere and, and it's not just Vegas. And I mean, the Indian reservation, Native American reservations here already have them. Yeah. So it's it's uh, they're everywhere. But I, I honestly think it's going to get more and more popular. Like the I, just, the I lived in Texas most recently before I moved here to Tennessee mm-hmm. and they're really starting to open up the laws on poker there. So. Pretty soon it's going to be in a lot of places and, and you know, I have a transferable skill. So no, that's thank, cool. thankfully for that. That's but, cool. So like yeah. what what casino was you based at when you was in Vegas? So I opened up the MGM Grand and then I went and opened up the Venetian okay. when they opened up their po- their second version of their poker room in 2008. Mm-hmm. And I also worked two local places called the Gold Coast and the Orleans. And those places were just a little bit off the strip area. Yeah, yeah. I think I've, I've been to the, I went past the Gold Coast. I don't know if I went inside, but mm-hmm. I definitely have heard of it. So like- And those what, were, that's where the good money was, was yeah. those local places, by the way. Nice. So- yeah. You know, you know, working at one of your tables, what was like the most famous person that happened to come by and have a seat? So typically poker is not that sexy of an attraction game for mm-hmm. celebrities because it, it, it requires a long time to sit there. Like you'll see uh, celebrities at the blackjack pit all the time. Yeah. You know, especially at the MGM because there's an arena there. Mm-hmm. So there's. I mean, like a music venue and everything. I mean, everybody who was, you know, in town, like the Rolling Stones, and you, you look over and, you know, McJagger's just in the pit, you know what yeah. I mean, playing crafts or whatever, you know. But at the poker room, it was very rare to see celebrities. Like, we had a private game for um, the one dude from Malcolm in the Middle, like the older brother. Okay, uh, what kind of his name? What? Yeah, yeah and his girlfriend, which was also on the, I forget her name, the the... From the Orange is the New Black. Do you ever watch? Did you ever watch that show? Yes, but not enough to recall. Oh, okay. She was the tall, good-looking, like redhead uh, lady in the show. Yeah. Um, I forget what other shows. Well, anyway, they had a private game upstairs in the VIP lounge, and uh, Jerry Buss used to come in there all the time. From mm. the the owner of the Lakers, no, used to come into MGM all the time. But um, yeah, a lot of sports people came through, but. Mm. Uh, 
Uh, nothing, nobody really particularly crazy because, like I said, it takes hours to sit at a poker table, and these yeah. celebrities don't have that kind of time, you know? <laughs> no, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. So what was, like, the wildest thing that happened to you while you were in Vegas? What was your, your like, craziest, um, best experience? Whew. Well, I don't know if craziest and best are, <laughs> are, are the same sentence. I mean, I had the, the, the best slash worst part about Vegas was the fact that you had friends, obviously, from, you know, wherever you were before, but you didn't know you had this many friends. Mm. And every single time somebody came to town, which is often because Las Vegas is a destination. Yeah. They always called you. Mm. And I mean, this is somebody that maybe that I had went to college with for like a semester (laughs) seven years ago. Somehow happened to still have my email address or my phone number. And, you know, just like reach out to me like, hey, I'm coming to Vegas. We're going to (laughs) party. And like the thing that they didn't understand was that I live in Vegas. Yeah. So you're used to the party party and and that lifestyle. So you just want to carry on with your day, your normal day today. Well, it's just like, you know, that they have certain expectations. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not exaggerating here. There was a time period where almost every weekend I knew somebody was coming to town. Mm. And when you work in the industry, the casino industry, the weekends, the Friday, Saturday, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, that's not your weekend. The industry weekend is Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. Those those are the nights that we hang out because those are the slower nights at the casinos. But everybody comes in town for the for the traditional weekend. And, you know, the minute they land, they call. They're like, yo, yo, we're going out. Let's do this. And I'm like, cool. But, you know, I got to work. They're like, no, no, no. Fuck (laughs) that. You don't need to go to work, man. We're in town. This is Vegas. And I'm like, I understand. But I need to go to work in the morning. And sometimes that worked out and sometimes it didn't. Mm. Um, several times I went to work when I probably shouldn't have. <laughs> you know, maybe with maybe a little bit too much is still in my system. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, I was, uh, you know, pretty friendly with everybody there. And if a supervisor noticed it, they they told me to they tap me out and told me to go home for the night and, and just, you know, sleep it off and come back. Yeah. But um yeah man I, there's just too many to count i mean it, and of course when they when, when they come to town they're spending all kinds of money mm-hmm. you know it's not just they're coming to town to hang out with you at the couch you know yeah. they're, they're they're on the strip and they, you know it's it's expensive i mean yeah. it's, you've been there yeah yeah they want to party pop bottles twelve dollar uh, drinks yeah. three four hundred dollar bottles <laughs> and you're like you know, uh, it's 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 too much. And looking back on it now, I don't really know how I survived. But <laughs> <laughs> the memories, though, the memories were there. And, and uh, you know, I don't I, I can't nail down something particular, but uh, lots, lots of bottle service in, in, in the clubs for sure. Okay. That uh, and, you know, there's no such thing as I don't know how it is over there, but most typically over here, one thirty, almost everywhere else, one thirty a.m. to two o'clock, everything shuts down. Mm, yeah. But, yeah. but there's no such thing as that in Vegas. Oh, no. You Vegas is saying? open 24-7. Right. right. So when you leave, and there's several, several times, Nana, that I left, and, you know, there's no windows. You know yeah, how it is. It's by yeah. design. They don't want anybody to know. And you open those doors, and you're like, what is that? And the sun is, like, just in your face. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, I got here at 1030. Like, what do you? What, to, what time is it? <laughs> 
And I don't mean like just coming over the mountains. I'm talking about go lay out by the pool time. It's already 1130. Mm. You know what I mean? And it, 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 Man, I don't know how I did it. Now, now I have four or five drinks, and it's. I, I just want to. I just try to crawl into bed, man, immediately. Mm. No, so. But it, yeah. I I went to Vegas. I think it was last February. I went with my girl. Uh, it was supposed to be a lads' holiday. Uh, initially, we were gonna go in the summertime, um, but then we realized that like if we went in February, it was like dirt cheap in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went and uh, me and my girl went. We had a great time in it. Uh, didn't really gamble. Didn't really do anything too crazy. Um, but I de- it's it's something that I definitely do want to go do again. And like I want to do it with a bit more money, so I can like proper enjoy myself and like go when it's hot, like so I can you know go to the swimming pool and stuff like that. Um, but no, I I enjoyed my experience at Vegas. I did the Grand Canyon. Uh, it was awesome, and it's it's definitely something I want to do again. Like. Do you know what I mean? Um, what do you mean by proper enjoy yourself, though? Like, what um, you said, you had a little money. What 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 would you do if you had a little more money and maybe you were with with the lads, as you call them? Oh, I would definitely like sat at a few tables, gambled. Um, you know, probably like try hit up one of those like pool parties or one of the nightclubs. Um, yeah. Do you know what the I mean? pool parties were the best. That was the that was the best day drinking in Vegas when it's 120 degrees outside in a cabana at a pool is the best time. Yeah, well, I highly recommend that. <laughs> well, where we went, it was snowing. So, <laughs> do you know what I mean? So, oh, it's, a de- it's, a de- it's definitely a different dynamics. Do you know what I mean? So, um, where did you stay? Uh, we stayed in the, oh, what's the tower one? Uh, is the stratosphere. Oh, okay. Yeah, stay in the stratosphere. It was really, it was really nice in there, actually. And the food was good. Uh, obviously, went to the MGM Grand and walked around that, that, uh, that side of things as well. Uh, yeah, no, it was really cool. It, it, I just, um, I just want to experience it in the sun, you know, like just nice weather, um, a lot more people out and about. Um, yeah, no, it was cool. Um, did you do the rides on the top of the stratosphere? Uh, no, I think, why didn't we? Maybe because you were, Scared to death. I, I think. Know. I think it was because it was cold. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> we did yeah, it drops you over the side of the thing. Yeah, it's 120 stories high. Yeah, nah. Uh, no, actually, okay, no, I definitely didn't do that. There was other people doing it, but I definitely did it. We went in. <laughs> we went in that um, the restaurant that like spins around at the top. Uh-huh. That was pretty cool. Um, but no, I didn't do anything too exciting or reckless. Uh, my girlfriend did do skydiving while she was out there, so um, she she you know ticks anchor for a bucket list. Um, Wait, she went, but you didn't go. No, I didn't go skydiving. No. Why? I, I, um, I just, I just didn't want to do it. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I probably will attempt to do something crazy at that one point. Um, what did I try to do? I did attempt. There was one thing I tried to do. What was it? I think it might have been the zip line, but um, mm-hmm. I, I was too heavy, so mm-hmm. that was. A, I wanted to do the Superman zip line, but you had to be like, um. I think it might have been like below 120 kilograms and I was well over 120 kilograms. So I couldn't do that. Um, I'll tell you a little story real quick. I, uh, I'd lost a bunch of weight. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously you've seen me and yeah. most of it's come back, but I lost like almost 200 pounds at one point back when I was in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And uh, the whole thing for me was, well, when I lost the weight, I was going to go skydiving because yeah. it had a weight limit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I signed up for it. And everything, and I was terrified. I was terrified of doing it. But I said, "This is what I'm going to do." It's a new me. It's a new person. I, it was January first. I don't remember what year. I think it was 2009. And I said, "Okay, 
I'm just going to do it. I'm going to schedule it. I'm going to pay for it. So I can't back out of it, you know? So the morning that I woke up, I don't know what it was, Nana, but I was not at all nervous. I don't know what happened, but like this calm came over me and I was fine. I get there. I get on the scale because like you said, there's a weight limit. Yeah. And I was over it. Uh. And, and it's, I said, okay, well, that's unfortunate. And the guy said, no, 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 it's fine. Just pay an extra $20. Okay. <laughs> And I thought, okay, well, wait a minute. I, I would figure there's a weight limit. For a reason. For safety. Yeah. And not to get more money. And I don't know. I, I Honestly, I think I just saw him slip the $20 directly into his pocket. <laughs> but <laughs> that part made me a little nervous. But I ended up getting like, you know, because obviously the first time you go, you have to have somebody strapped to you like tandem, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I ended up getting the dude from like the Mountain Dew commercials, I guess. Because <laughs> everything was, yo, bro, stream, are you ready, bro? Let's do this. And I was, and I was, honestly, I was more worried for him because <laughs> I, I was a big boy and, yeah. and, and I wouldn't want to be strapped to me. Yeah. Like, like a lead weight. <laughs> but man, the dude was, he was trying to psych, he was trying to scare me. Yeah. He, keep tell, he kept telling me that we're going to be doing barrel flips up there. And, <laughs> And no, man, it was cool, man. We got in this little tiny plane and, and, and it just kept circling around. And you know how it is. I mean, you've stayed at the stratosphere, yeah. so you know, but it's all just this one brown color in Vegas. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah, there's yeah. no trees or anything. Yeah, so it's just this. <laughs> yeah. And it's just brown. And you keep going on. And you, I mean, you can and you can see for forever because there's nothing really blocking it. Yeah. And, you know, we just climbed up there and. Mm. Got to the edge and the guy's screaming in my ear and he's like, "Yeah." And and to be honest with you, the free fall wasn't my favorite part. The, the my favorite part is when the chute opened and you're just gliding and everything got silent. Ah. And I'm I'm talking about like a silent that I've never heard before. Yeah. Because you're just you know, this wind is rushing by and you're free falling in the sky and it's crazy. And then all of a sudden the chute opens and it just everything just stops and you can't feel yourself falling anymore. So you feel like you're just floating in air in dead silence. And it was very, very like just like this mind thing that I was experiencing. And and like I said, I even tuned the Mountain Dew guy out because he's still screaming in my ear. And I I was just like in this bliss, man. I highly recommend it if you ever get a chance to go. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I I probably will have to uh, drop a few pounds to probably be attempt to skydive or anything like that. But um, yeah, I hope I can. I hope I can because it is something on my bucket list to do. Uh, also, alongside with like bungee jumping, uh, again, <laughs> it's all good saying that now. But when I probably come to it, I'll probably like be shitting myself and you know not not willing to do it. Um, so just going back a little bit, like you you kind of made me a little bit jealous. Like you went to Japan. What was what was that experience like? So I was. Uh when I was when I was in, in school, I was studying transportation, mm-hmm. and you know everything that you do when you're studying transportation, Japan gets bring, brought up. Yeah, you know what I mean because they're they're amazing train systems and and, and everything. So I, I was like, I got to go see this stuff firsthand because I ended up writing my dis- dissertation on on mass transportation. Nice. So I was like, all right, I want to go to Japan. I just want to see this. Mm-hmm. 
And it was cool, man. Like I get over there and I'm a big guy and I shaved my head for some reason to a mohawk. I don't really know <laughs> why, why I did that. Yeah. But I just wanted to really like stand out, which was weird because it's like I'm already, you know, a 300 pound, you know, six foot two American yeah. in Japan and I was sticking out like crazy. But uh, I'll tell you the, the, the thing that to this day I cannot get over was how clean this place was. And I'm not talking about just some rural, like nice suburban part of Tokyo. I'm talking about downtown Tokyo and and it's clean. I mean, the runway in the airport was white and I couldn't even find like the tire marks where the planes <laughs> had. I'm telling you, somebody had to go out there and scrub the tire marks every single time. It was pristine white. There wasn't one piece of litter, Nana, not one piece of litter. I was there for seven days. I went up and down the entire island, riding the train system, the bullet train system. Mm. And there wasn't, I did not find one piece of litter on the floor. I couldn't believe it. It was pristine. And that, let me tell you something about that bullet train. Yeah. Oh my God. You get on that thing and, <laughs> and you know, you just you, you cruise in and you're looking out the window and, you know, it's going fast and you're like, all right, you know, cool. And then you just kind of like I ended up passing out and I woke up and I said, oh, OK, we must be there. Yeah. Because we were stopped. Yeah. And, and I opened up the window and we were not stopped. I we were you couldn't focus on anything out the window. Because so you're going 260 miles per hour, <laughs> and oh, trees man. are flying by you, and it's just this green blur. And I'm telling you, when I thought I, it took me to open the curtain before I realized that I we were moving. That's how smooth this thing was, Nana. Oh man, I can't believe it. And and when I say efficient, our ticket was for like let's say 204 was our train, right? Yeah. And we walk up, and it's 201. And there's a train sitting there. So we're like, okay, cool. This must be the train. And we get on. We were two trains early. Oh, That's wow. how on the dot <laughs> this thing is. I'm telling you, we, we got on the wrong train just because, I mean, you, you, you come to you know, America. I don't know how it is over there, but, you know, you, you, you get, go to get on a bus or a train or a plane or whatever. I mean, you, you walk up three minutes before you're leaving and you, you assume this is definitely your yeah, plane. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> nope. I mean, like clockwork, man. When it says 204, that's what it shows up 30 seconds before that and leaves 30 seconds after that. Just bang, bang, bang. Yeah. It was something that if you were into transportation and mass transportation and scratch your head and wonder why, you know, now this is obviously a U.S. problem, but a, a quote unquote first world like the United <laughs> States doesn't have anything close to that. Mm. It really makes you wonder, you know, who's running the country and, and what, what the purpose is here, because it's possible. I've seen it. I've experienced it. Yeah. Why know, can't we have that here? You know, it's, it's, a, it's a cultural thing that the people over there are different. Like they're, they're, they're built different in it. So like yeah. it's. it's I what I obviously I'm I'm a big fan of Japan in it, so there's something that I wanna do. But also like I'm starting to get into the trade industry as well. So and I've always had a fascination with the bullet train anyway. So now that like I'm actually starting to learn about trains and stuff a little bit more, I honestly can't wait to go and have that experience myself. Um Yeah, yeah. so the Shinkansen, I believe it was called, the Shinkansen from uh Fukioko uh to um 
Hiroshima. That was the, the route that that where I took the Shinkansen on. And man, first of all, Hiroshima, you got to go. Mm. You got to go. As an American sitting in the Museum of the Atomic Bombs. Yeah. Oh, boy. I mean, they have no, they have wax figures there. Yeah. Of children that have melted faces. Oh, wow. About what they would have looked like, you know, hours after the bomb went oh. off there. They have the building that's still standing where the bomb directly exploded right above it. Yeah. Everything got destroyed except for that building because it was right underneath it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So the building's still standing. Oh my. Oh boy. And you know, I don't know if anybody was looking at me, but you feel like every eye in the place is on you <laughs> as an like, American. You motherfucker. This is what, this is all your fault. <laughs> No, I mean, you know, and hey, I took it, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was our fault. I mean, 100%. you know, sorry. I mean, and it was bad, but I met some cool people there now. Cool, cool people. Mm. And when you sit down with them, man, they just want to suck up your culture, man. They just want to. They're so curious, man. I, I, I gave this dude a dollar bill and he lost his shit now. He lost it. He was so happy. Like, I'm not saying that it was worth it. I'm just saying that like a collector's piece. Mm. Like he was just so happy to have a piece of American money. And and and, and he, he kept showing. He, he took me to his, the temple where his family, like his, his, his like actual family's temple. Yeah. Where like the, for generations have been going to like pray and everything. He, he, I mean, he just invited me to his house and. Like he he just followed me everywhere. Every time I was in Hiroshima, and like kept introducing me to everybody. And and I mean, man, some cool cool people. Probably the second coolest people I met. Nah, First was Costa Rica. Nice. That's how so sick, man. That's oh so man, sick. you gotta so, go. Let's go, dude. I'll go. I'll go again. <laughs> Yo, so obviously, like you you uh, I don't want to butcher your surname, but your surname isn't like very American, in it. Like no. what, what 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 is your heritage? It's Persian. My dad's from Iran. Okay. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. That's yeah. Dope. I'd love to go there someday too. But uh, yeah, every, every year that goes by, it's like, well, it's not a really good time to go to Iran <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's true. But man. my that's mom's true. from Kentucky and okay. she's Irish. So that's why I look like a pale white boy. <laughs> so what you said, what, you're living in Tampa Bay right now. No, no, no. I live in I live in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Tennessee. Okay. okay. I live about uh, two hours away from the uh, Tennessee Titans in Nashville. Okay. okay. Cool. Cool. Well, another reason I was excited to have you on is that, like, you know, the the, the common misconception. Well, it's it's changed nowadays, but back in the day, like the misconception was like nerds didn't like sports and stuff like that. But you know, mm-hmm. again, like I am, especially for someone that's over over here in the UK, and I'm a very big fan of American football. Um, you're also a fan of American football. So, you know, we've just had the NFL draft. So I just thought it'd be cool that we spend a couple of minutes just talking about American football and NFL and, you know, what we feel is going to happen this season, how we felt our teams did in the draft, et cetera, et cetera. So what is, what is your NFL team? Uh, I am from uh, Miami, Florida, so I am a Miami Dolphin fan. Okay, Dolphins, yeah. Okay, you lot yeah. didn't have too much of a bad draft. No, it wasn't bad. Definitely not as good as the Cowboys. Yeah, do you know what? I I feel like the Cowboys had a good draft year, but like I don't think we're we're Super Bowl bound. Do you know what I mean? I feel like the defense is gonna let us down a bit. Like I I, I posted one picture on on Facebook and it was like you know 
our offense now looks like proper top tier in it. Dak Prescott is a very good cute quarterback. Um, you've got Ezekiel Elliott, and then now you've got um Mari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and CD Lamb. Like that sounds like a really crazy offense. And then you've got um Blake. I like CD Lamb a lot. Yeah, I like CD Lamb. I just hope he's not a product of the, of the system. You know, well, that's all. I think if 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 he can be you know as close to Cole, Cole Beasley as possible, or even do as well as Randall Cobb did. Do you know what I mean? And also, like, he's he's someone that could... We, we need a kit returner. We need mm-hmm. someone to do kit return and punt return because, like, we had um, Tavon Austin, but he did fuck all, if I'm being brutally honest. Um, mm-hmm. We need someone that's going to add a little bit of spice in, in, in that situation. And mm-hmm. then, you know, um, we drafted a couple of defensive pieces. We got, um, I don't know, Steph, Stefan Diggs' younger brother, uh, yeah, Trayvon Diggs. Trayvon Diggs is a cornerback. Yeah. Oh, I uh, like we, that pick, bro. <laughs> yeah, uh, we we got Bradley and Knight, and I thought it was funny because they were just like, "Oh, this guy does like, um, oh, what's it say that he, he, he like he dives off cliffs and like he goes swimming with sharks and some." I was like, "You know yeah. what? Yeah, all footballers secretly do have like a little bit of their mind mind loose in it. They got to be kind of crazy to like be running at each other like thirty miles per hour and just trying to kill each other." Yeah, it's it's good to have like nerves of steel in that mm. position. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, do you think that two is gonna play the season? Ah, I don't know. What's what's the, what's the word? Well, you, you, before the draft, he sent like, like a, a nine minute workout showing you know him running around, throwing the ball, and his his legs did look good in it because obviously like um, he like what I can't remember what he did like he like dislocated his knee or did something reckless to his knee in it. Yeah. Um, uh, how long ago was that injury? Oh, I, 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 I don't, I don't recall the time length, but um, uh, the video. He looked good in the video, and you lot, you yeah. lot, you lot drafted some linemen to like protect him. So uh, you just gotta, you just gotta make sure that some of that's not propaganda, especially if stuff like that comes out right before the draft. Mm. You have to worry about it. You know what I mean? When your star guy is going out, I don't know if I'm a star guy, but if you're, you know, got a big piece of your team is going out there putting out videos like yeah. that, it's 100% to assure the people that are getting drafted see, that they actually want to be part of that see, team. See, I, I, I think normally that would be the case, isn't it? But mm-hmm. I think this was done more so because obviously with the COVID-19, he couldn't go around to um, a team's facilities and, get, and, and do a medical and get them mm-hmm. to like prod him around and see him run and see him throw. Do you know what I mean? Because obviously they can't do they they can't do that at this moment in time because all the right. facilities have been shut down. So I think this was just more so. Look, I can't come to you, but this is me doing a workout to show you guys. Look, I can run, I can throw. My leg is better. I'm on the right time frame to recovery. You know, whenever we can get back to work, like I'm gonna be ready to work. So, um, yeah, again, I'm excited for the Dolphins. The Dolphins haven't been really good for a long time, innit? And um, I, I, I like I like their head coach as well. Like, everyone was like, oh, last season, everyone was like, oh, they're going to tank for two. And they still came out and won a few, um, quite a few games, innit? So, mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see what they what they do in it. And then, obviously, <laughs> Dolphins, still, they've still got um, Fitzpatrick there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think Fitz Magic is still around. Yeah, so I mean, I, 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 yeah. I don't. I, you know, now that you mentioned it, I, I didn't double check on that. Yeah. So, but Fitz Magic. You gotta still- have somebody smart and talented to be able to like. Just you're not gonna. I mean, I, I don't know if he's starting. 
I mean, I don't know if this this guy the drafted was starting, but well, it, this this is where it's good to still have Fitz Magic there because if if he's not hundred percent healthy, or if he doesn't like fully pick up the playbook as quickly as possible, because you know they they're not gonna maybe have like OTAs and training camp as normal, you know mm-hmm. you can start the season with Fitz Magic and this guy can maybe even sit for the year, learn, and then you know next year he could be that guy like he could he, you know he could do a Mahomes like obviously nowadays it's very rare for um quarterbacks drafting the first round to sit and wait and bide their time you know because there's now like with the league is such a win now lead that you know mm-hmm. anyone that's drafted quite high just gets plug uh, is meant to be a plug and play player mm-hmm. so it'll be very interesting to see you know whether he sits for a year learns the system learns about the lfl gets that strength up you know gives his leg more time to recover and then you know he might go down the mahomes route obviously the cheese were in a much better situation than the Dolphins are in terms of the pieces that they had around Mahomes, but depending on how they do, what happens next season, they could potentially, you know, have another few high draft picks, so round two of a lot more weapons, and then go from there. But that's the problem with the Dolphins, man, and I don't want to get on the Dolphins so far, <laughs> but like, every year they're supposed to be like the Vegas over-under total for the Dolphins last year, I think it was like either three and a half or four and a half, which mm. is a terrible team, obviously. Yeah. And it's like, they always beat those those expectations, and it's like just good enough for you to get middle of the road draft stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, what what number was it picked this year? Eight, seven? Uh, no, they picked number five. Five was it? Yeah, yeah, number the fifth. Yeah, I mean that's not bad, but I mean still, like, you know my feelings on the Dolphins, man. It's a cultural <laughs> thing. Yeah, it's just I, I all my life personally. It's been a team of complete mediocrity. It's not even like we. Of course, we've had a one in fifteen season in the last twenty five years. Yeah. Absolutely, we had the very next season. We had a, you know an eleven and five season, yeah. and those are cool. You know, because I just I can't stand eight and eight, and that's what the Dolphins do all the time is eight and eight, eight and eight, and it's like, yeah, I guess because we're in a division with the perennial champs with the New England Patriots and but but that's not even an excuse because we almost split that series every year somehow <laughs> we almost beat we beat the Patriots at home every in Miami every year mm. so it's not that much of an excuse to say <laughs> well the Patriots are in your division so there's yeah. two losses right off the bat it's not true no it's just a cultural thing of like you know and that wasn't the case when I was young young and my dad's a huge Dolphin fan I mean you know, we're only probably when I was young and enough to remember things. I was we were probably only ten years off from our perfect season mm. in '72, and I mean, the culture down there was like you couldn't get a Dolphins ticket. Like yeah. it just you couldn't get it. The stands it was sold out. There was never empty seats in the stands. Mm. And I remember like five, six, seven years ago, I turned on a game, and I was looking at it. And I'm like, oh my god! I mean, it's it's like middle of the second quarter it's not like it's just starting and everybody's still getting beer and still you know grab, and middle of the second quarter and all i see is those ugly empty orange <laughs> seats everywhere yeah and it's just sad man and and, and i don't know man I, it's just gonna take a lot like parcels came in there and he, he did a little something something and there was a little spark uh, in my opinion uh, i think it was 10 years ago or so and and i liked it but you know just it's not enough i need something lasting and a lasting change mm. and until you get people that want to be there and i mean you get i mean look at look at mike Vrabel, man yeah you want to tell me like you go def- the, his team will do anything for him yeah definitely 
definitely. You can see it in their eyes, man. You take the Dolphins' castaway quarterback, uh, and uh, what was his name again? Oh, Tannehill. And and you, you just give him to the top, and he takes him to the uh, the, the AFC Championship game. game. I mean, granted, there's a, a beast of a running back yeah, that had a renaissance Henry, season. Derek Henry and, was on a matting oh, last season. Goodness. Oh, my goodness. It, it reminded me of, of Marshawn from like eight years ago. Mm. When just you just just I mean just, it was, you just fed him the ball and it was just an automatic. What was his yards per carry last year? Ooh. Like in the playoffs, it had to be like over eight, <laughs> just in the playoffs alone. Tannehill's numbers were like for like the three games they won or the three games they played. His his total total for all three games, not one game, was like twenty four of like thirty seven for like. 200 or 310 yards for three games total. <laughs> Those are stats from one game. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. It's a culture thing, man. It's a it's a, a team that wants to be there for you mm. and play for you. Yeah. And Dolphins just don't have it, man. And it's going to take years and years and years. It's not going to be good high draft picks. It's going to be culture. Now, Everybody seems to like this coach. Yeah, no, I like the coach. And again, like you potentially have your franchise callback now as well for at least the next five seasons. So it's, it's just to see what weapons they can put around him and hope like, you know, they make the right draft picks. You know, they don't have any serious injuries uh, that tourist stays fit, you know, and doesn't like do an RG3 where he's taking so many hits that he gets injured. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's just name, name, a team in the NFL for the last 25 years where you can't name their quarterback. They're like their stud quarterback. Mm. And and the Dolphins haven't had a quarterback since Dan Marino. Yeah. When Jay well, Fiedler is your starting quarterback for nine years, <laughs> something is wrong with your system. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so. But, you know, one one last thing let's talk about um, for American football. How, what, what do you think of Tampa Bay's uh, potential run to the Super Bowl. You know, they've boy, uh, traded boy, for Brady. Grant's uh, come out of retirement. Um, they had a quite a good draft as well. So Yes, they did. I don't know, man. Um, when I was in college um, at Florida State, Tampa Bay was good. Uh, it was uh, it was a good team that, that they built up and with some good, strong personalities. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the feeling that I get from them. Obviously, you got the goat at quarterback. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, to be honest with you, though, I'm more interested. And in this is—I'm this, from Florida, and I should care, <laughs> but I, I, I really don't that much. I'm actually more interested in what all of this says about the Patriots. Mm. And is this the end of it? I, I, I don't know. I mean, of course, I'm rooting for the end of it mm. because I'm a Dolphin fan. <laughs> but on the other side of the ball, like. This is the end of, and quite possibly the greatest dynasty in, mm. in, in the NFL ever. Yeah, no, and, definitely. And you gotta admire. You can have whatever opinion you want about Belichick. Yeah. But you just gotta admire what he's doing, and I mean, just spitting out head coaches in his system, and those head coaches go on to be successful. It's not like they just go on to be like OC somewhere for a year or two, and then get fired, and then mm. they go back to coaching high school ball or something. Yeah, they're they're people that go on to be long lasting coaches in the NFL. So I don't know, man. I, I'm more. I mean, if Grunk comes out of retirement just to go to Tampa and 
I don't know. What is that saying about what's going on in New England? I don't know. Boy, I just found it funny that, you know, like the Patriots and Brady have been accused of cheating, um, like a lot through their career. And mm-hmm. um, Brady went to Tampa Bay and he was immediately accused of cheating once again um, mm-hmm. because he went to um, the OC. Well, no, he, he was he attempted to go to the OC's house, um, but instead he went to the next door neighbor's house and opened up the wrong door. <laughs> and, and then that was that made the national media and the NFL did an investigation and then um found that he didn't breach like the quarantine rules and that all he was going to do was go and pick up his new playbook and that was it and mm-hmm. I was just like look Brady's at it again he's up to his old tricks like you know yeah. just being very sneaky I just hope in like 10 years we can like see a real 30 on 30 like an NFL film I mean ESPN films like real truth about the Patriots from 2000 to 2020. Mm. Like really what was going on at that place? Because there's too much of this coming out every year for it to all just be, oh, you know, I just hate the Patriots, so I'm making up BS. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. Tampa Bay looks legit, though. Uh, They had a nice draft. Uh, I like their receiving core. I like the defense. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know what Gronk's going to do other than like bring a little meanness to that to that locker room. But mm. that that's that's going to be a high flying offense, man. Yeah, man. It should it should be fun because again, you got the goat. You got one of the, the greatest ever tight ends. They dra- mm. they drafted a tackle. They drafted a running back. They drafted a receiver. They drafted a, a safety. You know the the team the team's looking decent. Yeah, but hey, but before we move on from NFL, mm-hmm. uh, let's be real here. Do you think there's a season? Because I don't. Oh, I, I hope there's a season because sure. there's a, a lot of guys that, you know, this is their opportunity to make a nice bit of money with the new CBA. Um, you know, if there isn't a season and they've got to spend a whole year just you know working out at home and getting fit those players that are lacking the tail end of their careers they may not get to see the next season do you know what I mean yeah they just won't come um, back I, I want there to be a season because like I'm a big sports guy in it and it's very it'll be very hard and difficult for me not it, it would just be strange not like on a Sunday having the NFL do you know what I mean it would just be a very strange thing um the one positive, I guess, is that the season doesn't start till September officially. So mm-hmm. there is a lot of time to potentially, you know, put contingency plans in place. Like, it's going to suck for teams that have like a new head coach or a lot of new players. But for the most part, teams that have got veteran players yeah, and that already know the system and stuff like that, they won't necessarily need too much of an OTA as a training camp. They should just technically be able to come in and just play. It will just be a, a very steep learning curve for some of the rookies. Um, I, I want a season in it. Like that's that's all. Yeah, I, I, no, I want a season. I want a season. The question is: Is there going I, to be a season? I, I I don't know. Especially since I'm not in the states, and I don't know like what your death toll is, and like if things are starting to get better. Because but it's o- not even death toll. That's not even it. Here's here's the thing. My wife is a, is an RN, and in 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 the medical field, 
everybody is preparing for September and October mm-hmm. for the resurgence of, 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 of the, this virus. And if it, we don't have that vaccine and we're not going to have that vaccine. It's not going to be available for hopefully by next September. Sure. Mm. But there is not going to be a vaccine now. And what is absolute, how many teams, how much personnel do you think each NFL team has? Oh, loads. Friggin loads. Oh, uh, I don't even know. Cause even not, not including like the personnel, the personnel for each department, just for the team, but just like having the stadiums reopen, the television crews, like, it, it's it's a, it's a there's a lot that goes into it that we you know generic viewers don't see in it. So I don't know. I say two fifty minimum. Yeah, yeah, that work for the organization mm-hmm. that have to come in contact with each other at some point. Even if it's office people, we're, the people still have to be together in an office, right? So you got two hundred and fifty people, you know, training and, and and their facilities and all that stuff. You're telling me that. Those people times 32 teams, mm. nobody is going to get a, t- a positive test for the COVID-19. Of course there are. That's just a numbers game, Nana. And once one person tests positive at, at the at the stadium, the facilities or whatever, the offices, yeah. and now what? Okay, now one team has to bow out. It, it's just it has to be forward thinking to like, mm. OK, what are the chances that somebody gets the virus yeah. within from September to, to, to January? And the answer is very, very high Yeah, out of all these people. I haven't done the quick math on 250 times 32, but that's a lot of people oh. playing the numbers game. Somebody's going to get it. And the question is, when somebody does test positive at these facilities, what's the response? Yeah, do they shut and them down? Is or? the response to shut it all down? And if that's the case, then why are we starting up this season? Mm. Because you know there's not going to be fans in the stand if they play. No oh, way. Yeah, nah, They're dude. not going to allow 70,000, 80,000 people to get together. That's not possible. Mm. So you're going to play with an empty stand. Okay. But at any given time on a game day, you're talking about 400 people together even if you're separated by locker rooms, it's 400 people together in the same area. Yeah. And I just don't see how you can avoid somebody getting sick. Whether I think that's right or wrong, I'm mm. just telling you what the result is yeah. and what the the, the, the response will be. Mm. See, that's, that's, that's one of the issues that we're having over here is because like the Premier League has been suspended for all this time. And like, I'm a Liverpool fan and we have not won the Premier League in fair, um, not the Premier League. We haven't won the first division or like the top league in, in this country in 30 years. And we are literally so like, we're like a win away from winning the league. And shame. do you know what I mean? So there's been many, many different talks about, you know, them restarting it. But as time, more time passes, the scarier it gets because, um, League One has just um suspect not, not suspended, but they've just um voided their season, so their season is void. So has the um the Dutch league that season been voided, um, but the Bundesliga that's meant to be starting I think on the sixth of May, um and the, so it, it's really awkward because then what happens to those countries where they've you know terminated their league like. Who gets Champions League? Who gets Europa League? Who gets yeah. promoted? Who gets relegated? Like what? Like what? How does that even affect the bookies? Because, you, like, for I, I'm gonna say like this is the first year, yeah, 
that I haven't put money down on Liverpool to win the league, innit? So I'm a little bit pissed at that because the one <laughs> the one time I don't put money down for us to win the league is That's the true. is the one season that we're probably gonna win the league. But you know, how do they do payouts? Because let's say um you've done like a ten slip accumulate of all the different um leagues of who's gonna win it and then seven of the leagues re- resume and three of the leagues don't, like, does that void your slip? Like, or do you still win uh, it if... Uh, it, I'll uh, tell you how Vegas would handle it. <laughs> you, you don't get your money back? Vegas has already, at this point, called all future bets off. Oh, really? Absolutely. You get your money back. That's it. Oh, you just get your money back straight up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just go like like it's a like it's a push. They call it a push. Or, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, uh, just that's it. You just get refunded your money. Oh, that sucks, man. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, no, I like I said for for me as a football fan, as a sports fan, I hope that things will return back to normal sooner rather than later. But obviously, as a human being and someone that understands, like people are actually dying, like people are dying from this, isn't it? Like it's not it's not a joke, and it's not something to take lightly at all, in it. Um. So I, you know, I I would just go with whatever the health organizations saying. If the health organizations say that are it's, you know, not safe enough to run sports this year. And, uh, you know, we'll have to delay sports then. I'm going to be upset, but life goes on in it. Like, do you know what I mean? Um, I'm sure there will be one strange sport in another country that is still going on that we can, we can still continue to watch. Um, mm-hmm. Esports has been going on. Uh, I've been seeing over here, they had like a FIFA competition with um, some of the Premier League stars. So like, oh, was, really? so they had like um, Raheem Sterling representing Man City. They had Trent on um, Trent uh, Trent Alexander Arnold representing Liverpool. You had William Zaha representing Crystal Palace. So you had the Premier League players playing each other on a football game, and it That's was interesting. And it, and it was getting streamed, and um, I only maybe watched one or two matches, but like it was interesting to see it because you know like they're all pre- professional football players, but they're also like they're all quite big gamers. And, oh, uh, so they're all decent, decent at the game as oh, well. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. There are a lot of them really? were, were very good at the game, man. Right. Very good. I was actually quite impressed at how good really? some of some of them were. Because obviously, like someone like Trent, uh, like, uh, T, I'm just gonna say TA. Someone like TA, he's only like 21, 22, so he's still young enough to be like proper into games. And, like he's not got a wife and kids and that. Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. um, yeah, some of them like they've grown up on FIFA, so that's just like what they yeah. played. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, yeah I, I guess I found, that's true. I found that really interesting. Um, all right, so we've we've gotten to know you quite well, um, but we we normally go through like a little uh, uh, guest quiz. So okay. I'm, I'm just gonna do that with you now. So mm-hmm. you know, I'm gonna just say like two different characters, and you kind of say the first thing that comes to your head, and um, some of them I'll ask you to explain a little bit more. Uh, some of them I'll just leave it at that. So you ready for that? Yes, sir. All right, Batman or Superman? Oh, Batman. Why Batman or Superman? I mean, I'm just into real. Yeah. Like the dude, I mean, I, I I can't identify with the guy because he's a billionaire, but <laughs> at least he's human and I'm human. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, that's pretty cool. Um, Marvel or DC? Marvel all day. <laughs> Not even a question, man. I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, especially somebody in my business when you're talking about reselling, mm. you know, reselling Marvel versus reselling DC is, is 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 night and day difference, man. Okay. Street Fighter, Tekken, or Mortal Kombat? Um, boy. Whew, that's a tough one, man. Um, I played a lot of Street Fighter in my day at the arcade. Mm-hmm. 
but I have a special place for Mortal Kombat. I'm gonna go Street Fighter, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I, I was a big Chun Li, man. I just, I just kicked butt with Chun Li. Okay, cool. Batman or Iron Man? Batman. I, I know I just said Marvel, but I never had a, I never had a closest to Iron Man. Never. It's a uh, same situation. A millionaire that just has lots of gadgets, mm. but I like Batman's darkness. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Goku or Vegeta? Uh, I, I don't know what that is. Okay, that's Dragon Ball Z. So you're not Dragon sorry. Ball Z. Sorry, no. Uh, um, do you watch uh, any anime at all? No, sir. I'm uh, sorry. Okay, that's fine. Um, I'm a old man. Wolverine or Deadpool? Uh, if it wasn't for Ryan Reynolds's portrayal of Deadpool, uh, then I would just go Wolverine. But since I love Ryan Reynolds so much. <laughs> I, I I I didn't even I never even read Deadpool. I oh, have okay. read some, tons of Wolverine, but yeah. and I love his style. But Deadpool and Ryan Reynolds and the way he brought him to life, and even that, uh, I, I, yeah, I'm just gonna have to go Deadpool. And thanks to Ryan for that. Okay, cool, cool. The best Batman. <laughs> it's like it's so hard because you don't know what best means, like nostalgia wise nobody will be Michael Keaton and that's mm-hmm. what I saw in the theater that's what I grew up on I've seen that movie and Batman Returns I've probably seen Batman Returns a hundred times yeah. like that was my movie um, but and then you're like okay well who was the better Bruce Wayne and <laughs> blah 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 and I really loved the Nolan trilogy I really did I even liked the, the third one and nobody liked that one and I, that was my favorite one of, mm-hmm. uh, of all of them uh, Keaton. All right, cool. Uh, are you a Star Wars guy or a Star Trek guy? Star Trek, one hundred percent. Yeah, you're a Trekkie. Yeah. What? What? What, what makes you? What like push you one way or the other? It's just. It's. I mean, first of all, there's. If you don't read the comics or 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 watch the animated stuff or anything else there's just so much more content when it comes to star trek i mean you got several spin-off series and, and seven seasons on, on certain things and there's just so much more content so there's so much story and character development and i don't know man it's just i like voyager almost neck and neck with next generation which is probably blasphemous to a lot of people but it's just that it's so compelling. The characters are so real. Those are people that you've met before. You know, Tom Paris is a person that you've met before. Mm. He's a cocky guy that, that doesn't want to play by the rules. And yet he gets shaped up by Catherine Janeway and becomes a great helmsman and, and a team player. And I mean, those are that's a real story. Mm. Uh, it's hard for me to get into people with midichlorins and <laughs> mystical forces. I mean, hey, don't get me wrong. I'll enjoy I'll enjoy a Star Wars movie, yeah. and I'm not afraid to say that I thought Rogue One was one of the best two hours of, of TV that I, a movie that I've seen in a long time. I, I loved Rogue One. I know Dan West will kill me for that, but I, I love it. <laughs> no, that's cool. That's cool. Um, and, and the last question is your favorite Spider-Man. Uh, I mean, you gotta give it to Holland, man. Yeah, you gotta give it to. Him. I don't know anything about Garfield. I, I I saw both those movies, and I right now I couldn't tell you anything about either one. I, I saw him and forgot him. Mm. So no offense to Garfield, I'm sure he's a great actor. I just I don't I don't even think about him when I think about you know. And, and of course, you know, Tobey Maguire was the guy that I you know I saw Spider Man opening day in theaters. Um, 
2001 and I was there by myself on a Friday night and we had been teased for a Spider-Man movie for 10 years. I mean, here I am 21 years old. And since I was 11, I've been hearing about the making of a Spider-Man movie and I was there and I, I saw it several times and I loved it. Uh, but nothing is like the stuff I'm seeing now. Okay. Yeah. That's, my so. that's crazy. All right. So that's our questions. All uh, right. We're just going to get into some of the things we've watched. Did I pass? Oh yeah, no, it's all opinionated. It's all, I've lost all words now. It's all about <laughs> opinions, isn't it? Like, um, yeah, I just like hearing what people think in terms of like, especially the different fandoms. Um, you know, we put Batman in there quite a few times because like what we're doing the questions that Batman was, you know, quite popular, popular at, at that time. So we wanted to see, you know, how people fare when we put them, him up against people like Iron Man and stuff like that. Obviously, we're a big fan of Wolverine and Hugh Jackman and then obviously him and his rival Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. So yeah, no, it's, it's just, it's just nice to just hear, you know, it, it, it kind of like breaks the ice as well just to like sit on people's nerves. But like I said, we've went, we, we went well into it from the outset <laughs> yeah. without any nerves needs to be, to be broken. Um, real quick, who do you think should be the next Wolverine? I do not have a clue. I do not care. Um, I, not even, not, okay. I wouldn't say I don't care. I believe in Kevin Feige in it. Like, I mm-hmm. think everything he has done so far, the people that he's brought into this world, um, the cast, the cast that they've done, I think everything so far has been pretty much perfect. Even, um, Age of Ultron, which wasn't exactly the best, like, it still looked like a good movie. It was still a fun movie. Ultron looked scary. Do you know what I mean? There's yep. been no one that they've cast so far that I've thought to myself, oh, that person doesn't really look the role. So, you know, for the most part, as far as I'm concerned, he can necessarily, in a sense, do no wrong. So, um, the only thing that I'm a little bit scared about, I'm excited for them to introduce the X-Men and Fantastic Four and stuff into this world, but I'm just scared that, it's not gonna fit into what they've done so far because they've they've produced all this story without them and it's worked. I don't want it to feel like they they shoehorn them in. Um, but then in, I, I, in saying that though, they did a fantastic job of putting Spider Man into this world. So yeah, I don't know everybody's obsession with uh, well, I, how can you introduce them now? I, it's like there's plenty of things that happen in this world. Mm that not everybody is involved in. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I understand the, the Thanos level threat and mm. the world ending level. I understand that. But it, like Captain Marvel said, there's lots of other worlds that don't have the Avengers. Mm. And there's there's Fantastic Four might just be people that are hanging out in New York or uh, they're, you know, I don't know, maybe they're older and they're retired and they're more on the administration side now. And, and, and you know what I mean? Like there's so many things that you don't have to like, because every theory theory I hear about is, Oh, multiverse. And I I don't want to see that, man. I really don't want to see like a crack in the dimensions. And all of a sudden there's X-Men and Fantastic Four and Dr. Doom. And they're just like, Oh, we've been in this other universe and now we're visiting. In your, I don't want to see that, man. <laughs> I I don't. I don't know why Reed Richards can't just be a scientist that's been off screen helping the team in a certain way, and now in this next phase, since 
the Avengers maybe are retiring or, or yeah. you know, Tony has died. Now all of a sudden Reed Richards steps up and says, okay, I'm going to come out of retirement and be an active part of the team again. You know, something like that. See, it's, 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 I hear what you're saying, but it's just hard. If you had someone like the Fantastic Four in the backgrounds, why would they be in the backgrounds? That's like one of them. Because how many people do you need, man? Like, I understand that scene where the, the, the 60 million people showed up to, to fight <laughs> Thanos in the end, but yeah. like... You think about it right now, Nana. Think about all the friends you've had your entire life. Yeah. And somebody said to you, Nana, put together a team of people to come do this thing, yeah. like play a video game or or whatever. And then you're gonna, at no doubt in your mind, that somebody's gonna reach out to you at some point. Multiple people are like, "Hey, man, what about me?" And you're like, "Oh, bro, I forgot about you, man. <laughs> I'm serious, right?" Yeah. That's true. Like, like, That's true. It's not everybody is everywhere at all times. Mm. You know, the, the Fantastic Four could have been tied up with Doctor Doom and 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 Latveria. You know, and 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 yeah, Thanos is coming to destroy the world, but also Doctor Doom is messing shit up over here too. Mm. And we have to deal with this. And the cameras can't be there for everything. Yeah, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm wrong. I I, I don't mind the whole Pym particle theory. Have you heard this one? Where like. The Fantastic Four is actually in the um, oh in the in the in the micro what is universe, it called the quantum world yeah. or whatever yeah you know they're they they got trapped there years ago from the sixties now honestly I wouldn't mind that because I wouldn't mind outdated superheroes from the sixties to come and interact with this world mm. because I think that would add a certain level of Kevin Feige type humor yeah. You know, where, you know, they're, they're, they're using outdating slangs and, you know, they did that with Captain America, obviously. But Captain America was so like uh, he, Chris Evans and, and the character were so like stoic. Yeah. Like it was hard for him to be like completely goofy. And like they had goofy, funny moments where it's like, oh, I, I got that reference. Ha, ha, ha. You know, but but there's no doubt about the Fantastic Four is goofy. Mm. So I mean, it, it just is. It's a goofy Marvel property, and the guy stretches his, his arms, and there's a big rock monster, and it's just like, it's a goofy, goofy situation. But I don't know, man. I, I just think, like you said, Kevin's gonna figure out a way, and when he does, ten, you fast forward five, ten years from now, we're gonna be, we're gonna feel stupid for ever having a discussion of how <laughs> is it gonna be done. You know, yeah. it's just gonna be so seamless. We're not gonna. Well, yeah, of course that's how you do it mm. because that's how good this guy is. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. All right, so we're just gonna move on to like to the back end. We're nearly done. Uh, what we've been watching. Um, I just went to see. Did you watch? Uh, let me try that again. Did you watch Extraction on Netflix? No, what's that? Um, it's basically John Wick with uh, Chris Hemsworth, but oh, I saw a, the preview. Yeah, it's he's like a military guy. Yeah, or he's, he's a mercenary, and he's got to save this Indian child. And um, I will say that I I will give this a half chicken. Um, the action is great, but the story is very meh. Like yeah. you, you know, it's very predictable. It's nothing new. Uh, it's like a a discount version of John Wick to be honest in terms of story but yeah the action's great like it's very bloody very violent uh, some of the kills are really cool um, the the way it's filmed in terms of cinematogra- uh, cinematography is pretty cool um, in terms of the way certain things are shot um, but overall yeah I think it was, just, it was just okay like the action was great I'm an action guy in it so I did enjoy it um 
but like I, I call those kind of movies ferret movies and 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 ferret is my father's name yeah and and he's 70 years old <laughs> and he just loves that stuff man i mean he loves it it, 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 it they won't they wouldn't even have to have a dialogue if, <laughs> if it's just explosions like i tried to watch because i like i said i love ryan reynolds yeah i tried to watch that next list one i just couldn't get through i couldn't oh, care I, less uh, about six, it six 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 underground yeah. six or whatever it's yeah. called six yeah. underground i couldn't yeah. do it man that was funny again it was loads of action like uh, i think the action in that is a little bit more over the top in it and more co- comical uh yeah. i i enjoyed that probably more than i did um extraction because i felt like that movie knew what it was in it like it didn't take itself too seriously and it it, it knew exactly what it was in it and it was just fun it was entertaining um it was also um, Michael Bain, and so like over the top explosions, mm-hmm. colorful over the top um, stunt scenes. Uh, no, nah, it was good. Um, all right, so um, the other thing that I've been watching, uh, I, I which you recommended, and also Dan uh, Ramirez from Heroes of Nerds recommended. Um, I've fallen into a bit of a a reality TV um, binge, and uh, I started watching The Circle. Um, initially i had a little bit of an issue finding it because i assumed it was going to be on netflix like it was for you guys um but it was on netflix there's like a, a couple of movies on netflix called a circle but none of what i was actually meant to watch um so in the end i had to find it streaming online which i did um i got about six episodes in and i have to say yeah i am enjoying this show um in terms of entertainment value value it's not as entertaining as too hot to handle but like i do enjoy it that it's it's a little bit more realistic in terms of like the people are more normal people and it's like they haven't got all these like super sexy hollywood people that you know everyone's like there's like normal people in the show um and yeah it's just really cool it's really fun um Shubs is my guy. Um, I I love that you've got a Shubs tee that uh, hoodie. You, you, have, you have to you have to tell me how you managed to get that. What's the story behind that that hoodie? Well, uh, so I'm not like the biggest reality show guy. I'm not. I'm not. That's not something that I gravitate yeah. towards. But I heard you know PCL talking about it, mm-hmm. and I said, all right, well you know, and you know we're we're kind of stuck here, and it's the kind of show you can watch with your wife or your girlfriend, or your partner or yeah. whatever, you know, and it just you can kind of just jump in and, and go for it without any kind of. So I I watch it and I just have no business liking it as much as I do, <laughs> almost exactly like Great British Baking Show. Yeah, like. I, I don't know what it is about the Great British. I don't bake. I don't cook. I don't. I don't. I'm not English. I don't. Yeah. I, I don't have any affiliation with Mary Berry or Paul Hollywood. But I would buy a Paul Hollywood shirt right now. <laughs> I don't know what it is, man. But that show, I can put it on, and I, I realize that I'm smiling while I'm watching yeah. the show. And I just like I, I can sit here and try to break it down logically, like why, what, or I can just accept it. And enjoy it, and that's what I tried to do with the with the circle. And man, at the end of that, like I'm on Instagram following Joey, following <laughs> Sammy, following Shubes, you know, and I'm all like watching their live videos, and I'm like, man, I, I feel like a, a, a like a teenager, like I am not yeah. the target audience for this show, but yeah. I am sucked in. And then I saw that Shuby had launched his his app uh, site for merchandise, mm. and. I, I don't know if you got that from the show. I think you did, but Shuby had run for governor of California. 
Oh no, I'm not that far. I'm at episode six. Oh, okay. Well, I don't. I don't know if yeah. if if he talks about that yeah. much or it might have come up. I yeah. don't know. But he actually in, 2000, in 2018 he ran for governor. Oh, wow. of California. Yeah, and I you know obviously I don't know too much about how serious he was or, or whatever. But the funny part is when you went to his website where he launched his merch, mm. he has his old campaign shirts. <laughs> And I almost got one, but I, that shoe shirt with the rainbows and the yeah. stars was too much, man. It just called my name. Yeah. All right, so, so. I, I, so this show basically, yeah, because I haven't really talked about the show. Um, there's an apartment, a really nice apartment in uh, set in the UK somewhere. So uh, this show originally started in, 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 the, in England, I think in like 2018. And so the American version supposedly uses the same house and everything that the UK one does. Obviously, just with the, they just make it seem like it's shot in America. Um, so I find that pretty interesting. I'll, oh, is that true? Um, I haven't looked up, but that's what I've been informed in it. And if that is oh. the case here, yeah, that, is, that is pretty slick in it. Because um, I thought they were in Chicago. I thought they were like like trying to at least represent that they were in Chicago. I think that may have been what they tried to make it look like, but oh. they were supposedly still still in the UK in it. Um, so with the circle, um, they're basically in isolation. In it. Like they can't interact with each other other than on like um, this fake Facebook thing that they have. And um, at the beginning of each episode, they would have to rate each other um, uh, to see who's the favorite and who's the, um, the least favorite. And then the two people that are the best voted um they have the power to like vote people out and um i just found the, the social interaction really cool because like there were some people that p- pretend to like play themselves and there were other people that were in the sense were catfishing so you had uh mercedes who her profile looked like this like really sexy model black chick here but she was actually like this um butch lesbian black girl called karen and um even though she was using a fake picture, she was still using like her own personality. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and then you had the likes of Sammy that were just being themselves. You had like initially, just from his initial introdu- introdu- introduction, yeah, I didn't like Joey, but as the show's gone on, yeah, he's grown on me so much and he reminds me so much of Joey from Friends. So I think that's what <laughs> makes me even gravitate towards him more. Um, Dude, I don't know what it is about Broy Joey, man, but uh, I almost turned the show off in the first couple episodes, <laughs> and then it's just like this guy really gets you, man. I don't know what it is. He's just so he's so positive. Yeah, he's just... every chance he has where he could turn around and like talk mess to somebody or say something negative. Which you know, no offense, the stereotype is a guy that looks like that just looks like a. A frat guy that came from, yeah. you know, the, the northwestern part of the United States, like a Jersey boy frat guy. Yeah. You know, this guy's going to be a big douchebag. But, man, everything he says is positive. Everything he does is supportive. I mean, his best friend on the show is Shoe Bomb, yeah. who's really the the only real outcast on the show is, mm. is Shoe Bomb. Yeah. See, and it, that's his best friend. Yeah. In, in, in my notes, I put the bar, the bar New York car is annoying me. He's basically mm-hmm. Vin Diesel. Cause like literally in the first car, it's like, oh, I, I, I do this for my family. No, nothing yeah. is more important. I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, for fuck's sake. Oh. <laughs> the dog's wake. Yeah. Dog's got a little. I can put it on mute for a second. <laughs> yeah, you're good, you're good, you're good. Go ahead, you can continue talking about this. Um, I'm gonna put it on mute. Um, yeah. So the New York guy was like, the, the, like he was he was very annoying in the beginning. 
Um, but like I said, he grew on me. Um, uh, Antonio is jokes as well. He he made me laugh. Um, when he was like, he was a professional basketball, I was like, okay, he might be a professional basketball, but like, I highly doubt he's going to be from the NBA because like, he's not someone that I recognize. And then when he went into his story and he said that like, he played professional basketball in Spain, I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Cause you know, them, them countries there have like a professional league and that. Um, and I was kind of glad like he was like, he was stirring the pot and like making sure that pe- people knew that he weren't a catfish and that was very entertaining. Um, I see. I don't know about you, yeah, but you know when they introduced, um, was it Alex? Uh-huh. Yeah. I thought he was gay there. <laughs> oh, jeez. I, I, I don't know what to call Alex. I thought, I thought, like, literally, when they were doing his introduction, yeah, I thought, oh, okay. I was like, cool. They're bringing another gay guy for Crystal, like, you know, get on with. <laughs> and then when he says, like, oh, and I'm married and we've got, like, two cat babies, I was like, what? Dude, how are you I don't about- know like how far you've gotten, <laughs> yeah. but like in my opinion, like if I was his wife, like I guess if I was his wife, then I would just know. But yeah. if I was his wife watching this show, I would be so embarrassed. Like <laughs> he's so out of touch with like what it is to like interact with people. Oh, when he tries to say, um, tell me what. Uh, say something to me that makes me aroused <laughs> oh like trying to be flirtatious with uh, women it's like the most creepiest hard, awkward hard was, to watch moments I've ever seen it was so cringy oh my gosh he's he's so bad he it's, yeah he's definitely out of touch on how to date man man it, he was there was nothing about him that i that i liked and I, I i was actually caught off guard by the fact that they were bringing more people in I, at first i thought the format was they were going to just get kicked off and yeah. then it was going to dwindle down to the to the end and and then they kept bringing people in and i'm yeah. like okay and i honestly like if they do another season this i think they'll have to change that because if you look at as you get later on and they bring some other people in they're just at a severe disadvantage mm. Because everybody's already kind of clicked up, you know yeah. what I mean. Everybody knows who you are, and right off the bat, these people are just like, "Who's this person?" and yeah. and you know, what are the what are they intending to do? And and they're just outcasts right off the bat. So, um, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. Are you are you done talking about the show? Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna talk a little bit more about it because like because okay. like I said, I'm, <laughs> I not, I, I'm, I'm not even finished. Um, I'm on like I'm on like episode six. I found it funny when it was episode five and they're trying to get a date with Alex or Matt or whatever. It is. No, Alex or Adam. Yeah, and he was like, "Oh, what's the like craziest things you've done?" And Mercedes was like, "Shit, like you know, in my personal life, I've had orgies and I've had freezes and da 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 And then you went to Sammy and Sammy was like, um, "The craziest thing I've ever done is uh, I got eaten out on a trampoline." I was just like, <laughs> I was just laughing. I was like, "What?" Sammy's great. I like Sammy. Oh yeah, I love. I think for me, yeah, Sammy's probably the my favorite female in the in, in the show. Um, I do technically like Rebecca slash Seaburn because he's catfishing, but like, dude, he's he's a little off himself though, man. Yeah, see, it's weird because he's he's in a relationship here and he's pretending to be his girlfriend in the show, yeah. But like, but, I even thought most of the time that he was catfishing us, mm. like, like he doesn't actually have a, a girlfriend, and this person is just some internet image she grabbed because I. As I was watching it, first of all, I, I definitely thought that maybe he was get on the gay side too. I, I, I don't know. Like, I, yeah, there's there's, I, cer- there's certain moments I think that this guy is a closet gay guy. Like, he wants right. to be gay, but he doesn't want to. You know, the the stereotypes and all the negative things that comes from it, especially in the black community. Like, he's too scared to come out because there were certain moments I was like, 
this guy is playing a girl way too good. But yeah. then, uh, but then other times I was like, nah, man. Like when he couldn't tell that Chris was gay, I was like, dude, yeah. you're 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 fucking up your own master plan here. Um, and again, that's why initially, like, just from that very first episode, I thought like the way he was initially playing his character, I thought just like he's gonna win in it because he was playing a girl so well, and mm-hmm. the fact that like he was interacting with the other girls and also he was he had the mentality to mix with the guys in because he, he was a guy and he mm. was just playing a girl so well he was able to vibe with the girl so good and i was just like this guy might actually win it but then by the time i got maybe like episode three yeah like my, my money's changing it like did you my, get to the episode where they they have like girl talk and it's like all the girls are talking and they bring up their uh, their menstrual cycle and stuff. <laughs> no, I haven't got that. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, I can't. Let's just say he kind of crash and burns on that one. Oh, really? Oh, man. I can't wait for that. That's going to be fucking epic. Um, no, that, that means that he must get, he must get quiet then. Well, nah, yeah. No, so, uh, so- he just says something that. <laughs> That should have like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, for me, right now, my money's on Shubi and um, Joey. I think one of them two is going to win the show because, like, everyone's just falling in love with them because they're just so honest. They're like, they're nice personalities. And I think it's just great because, like, they are playing themselves. They're, they're like, even though they're playing the game, I think this is one of the things that's better about this show than Too Hot to Handle is the fact that they're playing the game to win in it. Like, Mm-hmm. They're being they're being snaky when they need to be snaky. They're they're being honest when they need to be honest. They're being deceptive when they need to be deceptive. Like they understand that in the long run, they're playing to win money in it. And yep. um, I like that's a major element. problem with too hard to handle. But we'll get into that yeah. in a second. Um, I like the element that they 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 know what they're doing. Like they understand that you know we got I've got to create like a click. I've got to partner with people, and I've got to do what I need to do to get as far as possible. Um, and I just like and uh, it, it it may not be as entertaining as too hot to handle, but I do like the um the like mental aspect. Like you can see how each decision is like proper affecting their minds and how it's getting to them and how like you know like Shubs, Shubs is like in this show he's growing as a person like you see him get get more and more confident as the show goes on and like i said i'm only halfway through it and like i'm just enjoying like the character development and seeing the interaction um well he goes to from saying that oh oh gross social media is gross yeah. i hate it to like being an influencer several times in a row and just getting power hungry yeah so <laughs> I, I love it man like literally i can't wait to watch the rest of this um like i said i'm about halfway through it there's 12 episodes um i actually had to end up watching episode one twice because um i watched like uh, a sneak preview of it on on youtube because that was initially where the only place where i could find it um but that was like a 33 minute condensed episode so um, mm. i had to watch it again and uh yeah man i'm really enjoying this i can't wait to finish it um uh, i'm definitely in that like um trash tv binge uh and i'm liking this and um yeah i'm gonna give this a whole chicken as well but like i will have to say if you want pure entertainment and just absolutely like terrible people i think too hot to handle is a little bit better where i think because this is like like Shubs is like a nerd in it like he's a normal nerd Joey is like a, a normal bartender um Sammy works of like disabled or kids with autism um you yeah know. the only place the only person that was relatively 
nobody, like somebody that would be on Too Hot to Handle, was kicked out in the first week. Yeah. You know, yeah. So Alana yeah, or whatever. Uh, yeah, Alana. And even yeah. the, even potentially Antonio as well. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. everyone else, yeah, that they, they, you generally get like a, a, a normal vibe from them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so obviously like you, you've watched Too Hot to Handle now. How, how many episodes did you get into it? Well, I wanted to rate, uh, did, I, did I rate uh, the circle as if you couldn't tell already which one I was going to say? Oh, yeah. I, I assume you're going to give this a whole chicken as well. Oh, so it's a whole rotisserie lemon pepper <laughs> chicken all day. The yeah. whole thing. Yeah. Pick it up from the grocery store, take it home, and just eat it with your hands, bro. <laughs> <laughs> nah, definitely. Um, and, but what I would say about it, and I guess I'll get into it and, and compare it, because mm. if you think about the two shows, I mean, they're entirely similar. Yeah. Like to the point where I actually had to look up the whole host from too hot to handle the voice host mm-hmm. to think see if it was the same person really? as the circle someone, because, someone else said that as well and i was just like i, I didn't i didn't get it i didn't oh god it. it's almost the same exact person it's really? like the sassy comebacks and the quick little things and i, I mean they're both great the yeah, both hosts are great I, I think the host in too hot to handle is better i think she comes with funnier comments i think the, the level of production that they do with too hot to handle is a little bit better in terms of i think how, the production is amazing on too hot to handle yeah. i really do I, I think they're similar to the circle mm. I, I really do and I, it's there's so much of it like the little sound that that alana makes versus the circle makes like yeah. the, the little audio audio cues that let you know something's happening. I mean, there's a lot of similarities in this too. And I think the production quality in both of these shows are extremely high. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I do. I like the cuts. I like, like, mm. you, like you were talking about on Heroes of the Noise. Yeah. Like the, the little Jesus, oh, the little light, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like they do things to keep you going because in the end, I don't care about these people. <laughs> I don't. I don't care. Like, and, and this might be terrible, and I, I hope I don't offend anybody, yeah. but like, if there was some kind of like a tsunami that came through <laughs> and kind of like wiped out that, that little island yeah. there, it wouldn't be something that I'd be like, oh my God, that's so tragic, you know? But the people on the circle now, mm. I could see being friends with a lot yeah, of Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. They, they, you you definitely get more of a connection with the people on the circle because like I said, for me anyway, I feel like they're, no, they're more normal people where like the too hot to handle people, they're just like, again, they're, you know, the, the Nana, I'm three episodes in, bro. Can you be friends with any? Like, let's be honest. Could you see yourself spending okay, so, time with any of those people? So for me, there's a couple of people on that show that I they, they, they grow on you. Um, oh, I've forgotten her name. The girl from Essex, I think it's Chloe. Chloe, yeah. yeah. She grows on you. Initially, she's annoying, but she grows on you. I can see my hassle hanging out of her. Um, Kells is a guy from like a similar area to where I live in it. So I understand the angle he's coming from. So Kells is another one. Yeah, yeah but is Kells the guy that starts off on the show or was it the other uh, gentleman, the shorter guy, no, that Kel- starts off the show saying that they were, they, they're feminists and they study w- women's studies in college. No, no, no that's, in that's, this- um, that's someone else. That's, um, oh, what's his name? That's the shorter guy. Yeah, Sharon. 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 Yeah. Yeah, that's Sharon. Yeah. Um, no, and then Kel- the same sentence tells you that he would be really good at teaching you how to pick up women. Yeah. Um, like the same sentence that I was telling <laughs> you he's a feminist. <laughs> he launches in to tell you about how his his studies have, have he's used those studies to to pick up women yeah. and have one night stands with. Yeah. Um, so for me, <laughs> Kel- Kels and David. Um, David's the, the other white British boy. Um, mm. He's from like Manchester. He's got a really good accent. Like, I, I think them three, they will grow on you 
and you will get to like them characters. Everyone else, yeah, <coughs> not so much. Like I like Sharon, Sh- Sharon, but I wouldn't say me and him would be like the best of buds. Like we'd hang out, and um, even um, oh, I forgot her name. The black girl that's really pretty. Like uh, Rhonda. Rhonda, yeah, she's really pretty. She's but I don't, I don't think that me and her would be friends. But those three that I mentioned. They grow in you, and like I said, I think I could be friends with them guys. You but here's know. the problem with that show, though. I mean, you got Chloe. Okay, I mean, yes, she's cute. Yeah. But like, they're just highlighting how ditzy she is. Yeah. And over and over again, and then you got this guy. Would you say his name was David? Uh, David, yeah, the white dude. Yeah, with like he's like a sweet boy. Yeah. You know, he he came on bringing multiple bottles of sun lotion to rub on people. And, and, and he said, you know, I just, you know, my mom would be proud of me if she watched me and I'm just a good boy. And, and, and Hey, I can appreciate that. Yeah. But even in the show, mm. they show you that being that person gets you nowhere. Yeah. It's just a turn off to these girls. Mm. So like, what's the lesson? The lesson in the circle is that, look, you're a shoe bomb. You can, you can get right up in there. Mm. You know, what is the lesson in this show? And maybe it's different as it goes on. Yeah, maybe, no, I, don't, I don't know. As, as it goes on, they, they do like these events that like help them grow. So like they they understand that they're scumbags in society kind of thing. And like, you know, they should treat women better. They should treat um, themselves better. And, and uh, 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 yeah, so they should treat themselves better. And they do grow as the show goes on they do get better but like i said for me the whole point of view like the reason why i enjoyed that show wasn't for like the personal growth it's just like i just enjoyed cussing out how stupid some of these characters were and the fact that oh, they, they were losing money for just just being horny teenagers well not and, just that part at least you can chalk that up to like physiology and biological yeah. needs yeah the part they keep showing where they don't even know simple vocabulary <laughs> is Oh man, it's like I understand. Like, there's some words that I come across that I'm not familiar with, but yeah. like, I mean, they were talking about. Like, I like when she's like, "What's the word I'm looking for?" And she says a word, and the host is like, "That's not the word." <laughs> it's just, like, just kind of sad that because that, you know these people are not that stupid. I don't know. Maybe they are. I don't know. Mm. But like, the show is almost like trying to go out of the way, and then they bring this. I, I'm like I said, I'm only halfway through the yeah. fourth episode, but they bring in this dude from LA, mm. and he is the. I mean, he's the quintessential LA dude. Oh, I mean, he, uh, do you know oh. what he? He comes across initially a massive douchebag in it, but again, oh as as it goes on, yeah, he's like again, you shouldn't judge a book by his, his cover. Um, I initially judged him a lot, and I expected this guy to be an absolute dick in it. Well, not the uh, cover. I read like I, I opened the book. I read the first couple of pages. <laughs> I read the description, and it was still dog shit. Yeah, <laughs> no, nah, he he um shows a different side of him, him himself towards the end, in it. Like, I, I do feel like a lot of the characters do grow on you, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but not on the same level as um, in the circle. And and that's why the circle is probably a little bit better if you want something in uh, uh more like character driven and more in depth and just like mm-hmm. seeing people grow. But like I said, if you just want pure entertainment and dumbness um, too for me, Too Hot I'd Handle was that show. So I, I, let me let me okay let me step away from the characters yeah. because obviously they picked awful people on purpose for a reason and all that stuff yeah. and 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 I get it but but let me let me talk about the actual show itself so you got 
high production, which I like. Mm-hmm. You got an amazing host, which I, I love. Mm-hmm. Okay, I like the concept in general with the talking little Alexa device yeah. and, and telling you and watching you. And I compare everything that I watch reality wise to Big Brother because mm-hmm. it was my first, you know, reality show really experience. Is, is is the Big Brother when I got into it? Yeah. And um, I think that if you watch season one of the, of Big Brother. Mm-hmm. And then you watch season two of Big Brother, you see that really the show Big Brother started as season two, mm. right? Because in, in, in season two, they introduced certain angles of the game. And in season three, they introduced another thing. But like really the, the, the what it is started in season two. Yeah. And I feel like if Too Hot to Handle is something that's going to be around for a while – if they can really do what they did with Big Brother for season two and like churn some things around, yeah. it's definitely like, for example, like you said, I don't mind them not knowing that they can't have sexual contact or kissing and yeah. all that stuff. I don't mind that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a cool little twist. But I think they, that they missed the mark when they didn't open up the show explaining how you win the money, who's going to win the money, because – that plays into the strategy. Yeah, it because does. Because there's no game here. Yeah. That's my problem with the show. There's no game. It's just literally people sitting around talking about how they wish they had sex mm-hmm. and that they can't have sex. And if they have sex, they lose money. Yeah. But like if they would have said, okay, this is the deal. At the end of the game, whoever has violated the less amount of rules gets to chop up the prize money or yeah. whatever or anybody. And I think that <laughs> – okay, so here's the twist that I would like to see being introduced into season two, which I think would be interesting. We're introduce somebody like me to the show. Yeah. Right? Like there's all these beautiful supermodels. And then there's like this mid-30s, normal dude. Slightly overweight, like I'm more than slightly overweight, but I'm saying for the show, yeah. slightly overweight, just a regular dude, right? Yeah. And 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 also uh, also the same situation in a regular girl, right? Yeah. And then all the penalties still apply, except for they don't apply to those two. Oh, so, shit. You know what I mean? Oh, so, wow. Like, if you want to make out with somebody and you're that horny, this dude's available and it's no penalty. Okay. <laughs> like, would they do it? Would they just hook up with a random dude? Like, are they really that sexually frustrated? You know Ooh. what I mean? And I think that at first, of course, they're going to say, no way, no way, no way. And then you see by, by like episode six, like all of a sudden people are like flirting with the like 300 pound dude. You know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> they started by making fun of him saying, what is he even doing here? And yeah. then, and then just like, okay, it's about personality and it's about opportunity and blah. Mm. I don't know. I just, I think that would be a cool angle. I need, a, I need an angle in this show. I, 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 I like the sound of that. And like, it was, it's not too far off of saying that I was thinking about, ah, oh, it would be funny if they just had normal people. But I really like that where the, the um, normal person there's no penalties with that person and just seeing like how what what happens um, how long it would take for somebody to actually yeah. just cross over oh that's a great idea man i love it i oh, just need I- something i need i need a game to watch and right now i don't see i mean maybe it comes like a you know later on but i don't mm. see a game because i don't know who i'm first of all i don't know who i'm rooting for and second of all I don't know why I'm rooting for them. Are they <laughs> getting money or are they going to find love? I, 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 you didn't tell yeah. me what to do. And yeah, no. I, I don't know. That's um, just my, I, I don't, I don't give the show bones. Don't yeah. get me wrong. It's not just bones. Mm. Um, 
I want to say quarter chicken. Yeah. Uh, but maybe half chicken because I love the host a lot and I think the production is very well. And I think the whole – the music and the sounds and the sights and the setting are all top quality. Yeah. Well, I, I, so. I look forward to like messaging you and finding out what you thought once you like get to the end of the show and, and, and finishing it and seeing um, – you know exactly who the winner is or how they um you know how the prize works um because they don't really reveal that until like the second to last episode so again yeah, but don't you think that's a shortcoming though yes because that's that's what i thought initially but because it's something different it kind of works because okay. it is it, it is the normal the normality of those kind of shows to be like oh at the, at the end of the show the person that's you know done this wins this amount like that's what you normally expect but as i was watching it like literally it wasn't near to the end of the series i was like hold on they haven't actually explained how the prize money works and i was like fucking hell yeah and then when they actually start to explain you still don't really know until right at the end how it works so Again, they they leave that as like a a, a, a I, I guess a cliffhanger for you, um. But yeah, no, watch it to the end, and then you can let me know whether it worked for you or it didn't. And uh, okay, I'm gonna continue. And you do the same thing with oh, the yeah, circle. I'm gonna continue watching the circle. Like right now, like I said my favorite guy is Shubs in it. Like Shubs is my guy. Um, I hope right now I hope Shubs wins it because, like you said, he is the most like outcast not social media person he's a super nerd like he's a nerd yeah he's, yeah, he's, he's always like, talking about marvel yeah, superheroes like, and, yeah. he, you know he's 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 he comes from the, the cultural background that is is the furthest away of american you know what i mean he comes from like a, a indian background they have their own police they have their own culture in it and like he's very nerdy you could probably tell that in a normal situation he'll be socially awkward but because he doesn't have to interact with all these people like He's growing in himself in it, and I, I just really like that development. And, Dude, uh, let me tell you something. When he goes live on Instagram, and he's got like fifteen hundred people watching the damn thing, yeah. and I tell you what, when 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 I tell you this, what you see on that show is him. That's yeah. him because even on Instagram Live, he is awkward. <laughs> he's constantly smiling. He's always trying to act cool. He's like, "What up, yo? What's up, my peeps?" <laughs> and you're like, "Oh boy!" Oh, but you can't help but loving him because he's got this giant smile on his face. Yeah. So I recommend you following Yeshua yeah, on, I, I, on, on Instagram. Again, I, I probably will do that. I'll probably follow him, uh, Joey and Sammy because uh, I really like Sam, uh, Sammy. Uh, I thought she was really cool. Uh, you know, like I like Chris Sapphire too, man. Yeah, he was all right. Just a, he was just a bit too much for me, you know. Um, yeah. Just a bit over the top sometimes. I I, I can't. I, I don't always deal well with those people that are like so over the top and then so out there. Um, mm-hmm. But no, I did. I did like um, the scene with him and Mercedes in it, where she was just like, you know, like as a uh, as an openly gay man, like I'm proud that you're embracing it, like you're not hiding it, and like you should you should stay that way. Um, like I've got my own, own, my own beliefs on, um, homosexuality and stuff like that. But like, I would never, um, you know, um, not talk to someone because they were gay or lesbian or bisexual or whatever. I would never, you know, treat them any differently, um, just because they have a different sexual orientation to, to myself. So like, I, I feel a bit of pride for them. Like I feel proud when they can do that. Cause like, you know, I haven't exactly gone through like the most disastrous of situations where like I've been, 
you know, severely racially abused and stuff like that. But like, you know, I've had my moments where I've faced racism in it. But for them, like, they probably faced that, some of that shit like a lot in it. So like, especially I, I, in Texas, I'll tell you that. Oh yeah, having lived yeah, in Texas, man. especially in Texas. Oh my dear, what do you say? You saw Texas? I was like, yo, this dude's brave, boy. Mm-hmm. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So for him to like be that open about his sexuality and like fully embrace it, like I was proud of him in it. And then when Sweet. Mercedes met up with him and said, and you know, it was like, ah, oh, stay who you are, stay true to yourself. And I was like, you know, I got, I got a little emotion. I was like, I'm happy for these people. Do you know what I mean? And, Dude, there's uh, nothing I like more than like just genuineness of, of like yourself. Like mm, I, I yeah. just love that in people. If if they are who they are and they're unapologetic about yeah. it, that is such a, a churn on to me. I don't mean sexual. I mean yeah, just yeah. I, I gravitate to those kind of people. Like mm. yes, that is that is brave and it's beautiful and it's mm. genius. And you get what you get, and that's all there is to yeah. it. And I, I love that. No, definitely, hundred percent, man. But I, I, I promise you, in my opinion, you're gonna you're gonna like the circle more than you like too hot to handle yeah. at the end. That's my opinion. In the, in the end, yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. Well, I, like I said, I'm definitely looking forward to watching more of it. Uh, I am a little bit annoyed that I'm have to like stream it illegally, but I actually found a very good link for it, and it's working very well. I literally watched six episodes back to back to back last night. <laughs> um, I'm probably gonna watch the final six later on today as well. So, uh, I will give you a little bit of an insight. The ending really sneaks up on you. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, okay. like you're not expecting. You're like, wait a minute, it's over. Like it. I was expecting it to be more of a like, like, hey, this is a countdown or whatever. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's over. So that don't be surprised <laughs> when it's just over. <laughs> okay, all right, that's cool, man. All right, dude. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, man. We've nearly talked two hours about. Everything, everything that there is to talk about. Um, where can people find you? Like, what are you on social media wise, or do you have your own podcast? What? No, I don't do much podcasting. That's why I like to do stuff like this because I don't really get a chance to do it. But I, I do have the Instagram account where I do my uh, comic book buying and selling and trading, and that's called Minor Keys Comics. Uh, you know, minor keys like um, in, in a key comic is a comic that has like a first appearance, like a big name first appearance and and minor keys like a, just a smaller, important comic book. So minor keys comics that's uh, on Instagram. That's the only uh, real social media that I have. OK, OK, definitely, man. I'm going to make sure I jump on that as well. So that's minor keys comics. Yeah, I just added you on, on I just added Blurds. I just started following uh Blurds or Us on Instagram. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So I'm gonna give you a follow on the Blurds and my personal account. Um yeah, but it's been an absolute pleasure, man. And I'll definitely uh, if we have a season, I'll definitely get you on just so we can talk a little bit about what's how, what some of the storylines of the season, uh talk more comic books and talk uh, more TV shows. Uh, if we, if you know, again, if the movies season happens, someday. oh yeah, if we can get back to doing movies. Oh gosh, I oh, like, boy. I literally, I'm getting withdrawal symptoms. Like, I miss the cinema. Like, I was messaging my girlfriend. I was like, I kind of miss going to cinema. I feel like I haven't been to my local cinema in ages. I think Dude. the last thing I went and saw at my local cinema um, was probably in January sometime. Yep, same with me, man. And the problem with me is that I live in a smaller town now. I just moved from from Houston, Texas to this smaller town. Mm -hmm. And there's like maybe four or five theaters and all of them are AMC. Okay. So now with the fact that some say that AMC might not even open again, Mm, means that even when movies do come back, I might not even get any. (laughs) No, no, that's crazy, man. Yeah. That's absolutely wild. Yeah, I do. Thank you very much, man. Um, it's been Thanks, a pleasure. Um, 
And yeah, I hope to have you on again at some point in the future. Uh, so Steve, would you like to say bye to the people? Thanks guys, I really appreciate it. Anytime, I'd love to come on. Uh, I know there's a, a weird time difference could being you know across the pond, as they say, but yeah. I, I enjoyed myself thoroughly. Anytime you want me to be, I would love to be back on. Definitely, man, definitely, man. All right, guys, thank you for listening. Please like, share, and subscribe, and we'll catch you guys next week. Bye-bye now. Later.